Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for being here for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and wellness for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and families around the world. You can find out all of our information at elfempowers.org, and you can find the link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Brenda Sarai Zuniga. Brenda is a mindfulness coach and comedian. Welcome, Brenda. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hi, Mara. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm excited that we get to uh, be doing this today and that I had the honor of meeting you in person last Wednesday at our gala. So it just adds that extra special yumminess. I know that was so much fun. That was such a wonderful gala. I had a blast. Had yes. And what better way to talk about mental health than with laughter? laughter. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's go back to the beginning. What, you know, about your um, past, your background and how you got into mindfulness coaching. Absolutely. So my God, where do I start with this? Um, <laughs> well, let's see. My story dates back to when I was a baby. I was one year old and I was smuggled into this country um, from Mexico. Okay. My mom handed me over to a coyote and um, she wrapped me up like a little burrito. And she was like, Hey, I hope I see my daughter again. And the coyote was like, all right, I'm gonna do my best. But I did. I did. Saw my mom the next day, but I, um, I was crossed over the border. My mom was 16 at the time and my dad was about 19 or 20. And, um, you know, my parents came here with, with zero bucks in their pocket. They, they really struggled with all of us did with being undocumented immigrants in this country. And so I moved to 15 different homes growing up. I was always like moving around I attended 11 different schools growing up. That always sucked as well. So there was a lot of instability growing up. And I was undiagnosed with ADHD until I was 25. Wow. You know, so, so yeah, so I'm no stranger to adversity, but all of this made me so resilient and it allowed me to develop humor big time because humor was something that I needed to survive. You know, I, I was, I was class clown I was always a funny girl around. Um, I never thought I would pursue it as a career ever. And the way it happened was so serendipitous, but um, I was always interested in mental health. So, because when I was a teenager, I needed to talk about what I was going through. I, I suffered with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety growing up. I mean, who could not, right? <laughs> like going through the traumatic experiences. I mean, I'd be a psychopath if I didn't have some yeah. sort of anxiety or depression right. going up. And so I needed to talk to someone. I was like, 
ah, listen to me, please. So these people were my teachers, my counselors, my friends, parents, um, you know, I really needed an outlet and they helped me. They helped me get through middle school, through high school, giving me the positive reinforcement that I needed. Um, so mental health was always huge for me, like uh, taking care of my mental health, especially because also coming from a household where my parents didn't know any better. You know, they they were teenagers when they had me. They didn't know, especially in Mexico, that's taboo. No one talks about mental health in Mexico. So anytime I was like, I'm feeling sad, I'm anxious. They're like, you're feeling what? Do you, you what? Do you yeah. know we risked our lives for you? You fit, go get back into your room. You know, so there was like no, literally no room, no pun intended, but there was like no room for me to voice how I was feeling in that household. And I, I don't blame them. It's how they were raised. There was no education, you know, and that's why I love, I love your foundation so much. And I love what you guys are doing because emotional wellness of a child is so important. The emotional wellness of a child, it's so important. It's so important to educate the parents, right? It's so important to educate the parents on how important it is to validate our kids, to be there for our kids, to not say certain things that were very, uh, just nonchalant and normal back in the day. You know, it's, it's important that we know how to validate our kids so that our kids don't have to seek that out in others and others potentially also give them, you know, not the greatest advice. I was very lucky that I just ran my mouth to counselors and teachers galore and they, they helped me, but I, I could have not ended up where I am, right. I could have gone to the wrong person or, or whatnot, but um, mental health has always been really important to me. And when I saw my first therapist at 19, I saw her because I was experiencing debilitating panic attacks mm. and she introduced me to mindfulness and meditation. And then there I started to unpack a lot of my trauma as well. And mindfulness and meditation changed my life. And I discovered it at 19, but it wasn't until I was in my mid twenties that I began to truly, truly develop a mindfulness practice and then create my own, um, create my own formula to do it. And then all I wanted to do was to teach and help everybody do it. I'm like, oh my God, you know, right. I overcame depression and anxiety. It's like, you guys can too, look what I did. And so I created a program I uh, finally became a U.S. citizen at 25. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. And at 25, when I became a citizen, I launched my own company. That's when I created Sweet Thoughts Travel. And I was like, this is, this is my mindfulness coaching company where I'm going to help people and inspire them and give them hope and let them know that, you know, if I can do it, they can too. Mm -hmm. And then that same year, my comedy career started. So then I know it was like the year of the rise of rent. <laughs> so, you, so that was 25, but you said that's also the year that you got, you were diagnosed, right? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Um, that, wow. What an amazing story. And thank you so much for sharing. Did you say the name of your um, mindfulness coaching is Sweet, Sweet Thoughts Travel? Did I get that correctly? Yeah. Sweet Thoughts oh. Travel. Because Sweet Thoughts Travel, they take you places. Sweet yes. Thoughts take you places. Yes. And so do those negative voices and we need to overcome them. Right. 
Yes. Yes. That's amazing. And did you live with your parents as you were going from house to house and as you were growing up? Yes. So my parents divorced when I was six. And so I was ping ponging around both of them until I was in 17, 18. Because at 18, I moved out. Yeah. As soon as I turned 18, I was like, okay, bye bye. <laughs> See you later. Totally. So I, I moved out on my own with a bunch of roommates. And um, yeah, I was, a, I worked at Denny's at the time. Oh my God. I was oh, a Denny's, Denny's graveyard it. server. Oh, wow. Okay. And it, it's okay. Um, yeah. And what's amazing. So you, that you never turned to self-medication. Did you drink or do any drugs? I mean, of course, when we were like 21, we were, we were, absolutely. I was drinking, but it was never, I'm very grateful that I don't have an addictive personality and I don't judge addiction whatsoever because I've seen it in my family, but I'm very grateful that I didn't inherit that gene. Um, And so I never used substances to, um, to escape. Yeah, that's amazing. Especially because, and I mean it, the reason why I also feel that that helped me a lot was because I worked on my mental health since I was a teenager. Because I knew, I knew that that was not a route to go. I would see it around me. I would educate myself on the damages of alcohol and, and drugs. And I was like, I can't, I can't go down this path. Right. So, oh, sorry, go on. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I love that you were able to voice how you were feeling, um, even if your parents didn't want to hear it, and that you had support where so many children are, you know, and teens are suffering in silence. Yeah. And I mean, to me, we all have, and, you know, of course, I'm sure I'm undiagnosed ADHD, but having that traumatic childhood that you're always in fight or flight, you're never parasympathetic, and that makes you ADD, ADHD for sure. Mm-hmm. I was learning about that. I was learning about the correlation between PTSD, ADHD, and like instability and all that stuff too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. This totally makes sense. Right. And I, I'm so grateful, Mara, I can't say it enough. I discovered mindfulness and meditation at 19. I'm 30 now. Um, but when I discovered it at that age, I, I learned these breathing techniques that I was like, oh my gosh. I'm now able to enter a parasympathetic state of being. What the, I have right and right. Oh, and who and we never even heard of. And that's where you know, as you know, our character Piggy Bear teaches um, deep belly breathing, right? Because when you breathe into the chest, it increases anxiety, and breathing into the belly calms the nervous system. And you know, it's funny because the other night, you know, before the comedy, I could not fall asleep, and I didn't want to take anything. So I was texting one of my healers, and she said, "Google um, like how to calm the vagus nerve," and it was something as simple as putting my hands behind my head when I was laying down and looking at three o'clock. And I'm I'm not a doctor; I can't tell you much about the vagus nerve, but it definitely takes over our body. And doing that, I felt like my whole body going, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> to know about this there's so many right you said the mindfulness meditation all these different beautiful modalities that can help and again i'm not against medication when i needed it i needed totally. it we need to stabilize 100 um totally. and when you said you had panic attacks you didn't medicate for that either no i did end up taking a medicine only in on emergencies yeah and it was lorazepam yeah, I remember taking lorazepam, but my doctor at the time goes, 
I'm prescribing you lorazepam because you do not have a history of addiction, but this medicine can become highly addictive. Um, but if all else fails, please don't feel uh, scared to take lorazepam. And I had a very low dose. And so I remember I used to get plain anxiety back in the day. So I would take my lorazepam if I was having a panic attack before boarding a plane, and then I was fine. But then a few hours later, you know, the anxiety would come back. And it's because I still hadn't regulated my central nervous system the way that I do now. Sure. So medicine definitely helped. Is it the be all end all with uh, certain conditions? No, but is it for others? Yes, yes. Medicine, and there's nothing wrong with medicine. Medicine has saved my life. You know, there was a few years ago where I was very depressed. I was going through a breakup and I was at the hospital and I remember they told me, they were like, you are depressed. You are, you, you are going through a temporary uh, state of depression. They used another word. I forgot. And I remember I said, well, I have a therapist and I'm not depressed. She's never diagnosed me with depression. I know I'm not. And then I, I was like, I need to call my therapist. So I called my therapist from the hospital and I was like, can you believe they're trying to tell me I'm depressed and they're, they, they want to give me medicine and they won't let me out unless I take medicine. And she goes, yes, Brenda. Yes. I believe that you're in a hospital. You need medicine. I was like, okay, okay. You're right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How interesting though, that you were arguing at, right? I mean, yeah. especially you were going through a divorce, you know, like you're going through something. I used to manage my husband. Oh no, break up, break up. Uh, it was, it was break up, a- sorry, break up, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but similar, right. Um, I was managing my husband's OBGYN office years ago and this woman called and she's like, I'm getting a divorce. I'm starting a new job and I'm moving. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, yes, you need medication. It's okay. It's first of all, even if it's permanent, who cares? But you need yeah. it at least temporarily. We need to get through each day. And just because yeah. you have something today, whatever it is tomorrow, like that's where, you know, like removing that ego and saying it's okay to not be okay. Right. Yeah. And that's hard. That's really hard. You know, especially when, when we're, when we are raised in a society where everything has to be so perfect on the outside. And if you show any sort of weakness, you're crucified. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, you know. that shame is huge. Yeah, all about about different things, like you know whether whatever it was. You know, I remember speaking to somebody, my friend's husband, and he's like, he shared with me about his mother being um, probably I think it was bipolar. He's like, I never share this with anybody. Yeah. Why was he so embarrassed? And it's having such an effect on him. And the less we talk about it, you know, whereas the more we talk about it, it's just the healing could begin, and we can realize like the effect yeah. it has. On us when you're raised with a parent um and most of us <laughs> our parents weren't stable or are unstable and it really has a profound impact on the child yeah a hundred percent yeah 100%. Um, and I too had a panic attack um and it was funny you know you think you're having a heart attack and it's like running a marathon when you're sitting in your seat they took me to the hospital um and having that pill like in the like as a safety. Well, after that, I could not, I was just, a hot, I couldn't regulate. I'm like, I need medication to bring me down. You know, totally. this is totally. way before my manic episode, before I experienced any of my healing. Um, but just like to have, like, if you're not after a panic attack, if you're not taking medication to have that security pill is beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah. beautiful. and I even, yeah, it's so funny. Some of my friends that have so much anxiety are too anxious to take the medicine. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it's like an oxymoron. I'm yeah. like, no, no, trust me. You know, it's like, 
Yeah. It's, I mean, think about it when we're sick, when we, when we get the flu or what, what's the first thing someone asks? Oh, did you take Dayquil? Did you take yeah. NyQuil? Did you take oh. Robitussin? Did oh. you take this? Did you take yeah. Sudafed? Oh, Sudafed yeah. worked for me. Oh no, I like this better. And people are so quick to be like, what did you take? And if not, I'll bring you medicine so quick. But if somebody goes, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling anxious. I'm about to take antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds. They're like, Oh, what? Like you can't, you can't regulate. Like what's wrong? It's like, no, what the heck? That should not be stigmatized at all. At At all. At all. I have a client I'm working with um, recently and she has like a five year old and she wants to go off her medication. I'm like, you can't just go off. Like to me, you have to start your healing, you know, have so your body can handle, but just going off one. And apparently this one has really bad side effects going off. Oh my oh, goodness. Yeah. But there was another one to help like soothe her. Yeah. Um, and then she has something strong for at night. And she's like, I don't want to take it. I'm like, do you know that you could not eat, but if you do not sleep, your mental health will go out the door. You'll start hallucinating. You'll just go out to lunch. Like, and sleep is the most important thing. When my kids were young, I was so anal about having them like on a good sleep schedule, you know, and for myself too, right? Because I, to deal with a child, if you don't sleep well, you're snippy. Just to deal with anybody. Um, Yeah. So, and I love like that you're open and about, you know, your whole journey just to inspire others because yeah. there's nothing to be shameful about, you know? Not at all. Not at all. And I'm so proud at of everything that I've accomplished, where I am, what I've overcome, you know, what I have, what I have yet to overcome, but that's okay. Yeah. Because you know now that I have a positivity toolbox that I could open up awesome. and I could yeah. be like, okay, what helps me? What, what's this? And speaking of opening up, I opened up your, your um, Pinky Bear affirmation card decks the other day because at the at the event I bought the little piggy bear plush which I'm so excited I'm gonna give it to my boyfriend's niece this little girl she's like three that's perfect and um it's gonna be her little birthday present and I got the cards and I was gonna gift her the cards too but I got hella selfish and I was like no I want to open these right now (laughs) I want I want to see what's but there's right for whether it's a young child or older like because we don't receive these affirmations we always hear no 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 don't do this not like I'm amazing and I'm creative and I'm one of a kind and all these beautiful things that we all need to hear and so many people that see the cards for their kids like I they wish that they had it from like that three to seven year old period yeah you know yes I'm so I'm gonna gift them to her now that I went through them but I totally I, I'm so selfish. I was like, I want to read them first. I want to do everything first. And I love in the cards that you have poses for the kiddos. Like, you know, mm-hmm. touch your toes for five seconds, breathe in. That's genius. I wish I had that growing up. My gosh. Yeah. Well, the cards empower children emotionally and physically, right? Because if there's, you know, I, to me, it's like, you can't just sit there and meditate, especially, and I don't like to use the word meditate. We like piggy bear breathing it for children. But um, like when you're like your body's shaking, it's like, let's work that out. If you're angry or have anxiety, like you might have to do the push-ups, sit-ups, running in place, whatever it is. Yeah. Then when you release that energy, then we could do our breathing. So definitely. You know. I love that you mentioned that because I created my own formula um, back in the day. It's called MX3. And MX3 is the combination of music, mindfulness, and meditation together. And, and it's this formula I created because it was really hard for me to just sit still and breathe. So what I did is I started to learn about neuroscience. And so I've been studying neuroscience for the last six plus years. Um, and I started to learn how to biohack as well. So 
uh, what I did was this formula MX3 is you play your favorite song. So you spike your dopamine, right? You get all active and then you do breath work for three minutes. After, and then after. after. Mm -hmm. And when you do the breath work for three minutes, after you're finished with that, you know, you get into a parasympathetic state, you then play your favorite song again, a different one, you dance, you get your dopamine spiked up again, but you are still in a calm state of being it. So you're like tricking your body to stay in a calm state of being while being very active and stimulated, which is what life, you know, provides us life provides us endless stimulation, but it's about learning how to calm the body, right. And, and, and regulate our central nervous system. And so this formula has worked really well for kids and teens. And that's what I do too. I bring a workshop to teenagers. I bring it to high schools and uh, I, I bring it to corporate. I bring it to corporate. I just brought it to a, a corporate, um, uh, what was it called? Um, anyways, it, it was this, this uh, company and I was uh, doing all of my, my formulas and everything with their employees to help them with productivity, uh, to help them to regulate. And this is what I do when I bring it to high schools as well. So. That is so amazing. I want to hear more about that and your mindfulness coaching. I want to hear talk more about this biohack that you mentioned. I haven't heard of that. And <laughs> maybe you'll gift us with some comedy. So if everybody could stay tuned, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and today we're speaking with Brenda Sarai Zuniga, a mindfulness coach and comedian. Welcome back, Brenda. Oh, thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. So you use <laughs> the word biohack. And I haven't heard about that before. Can you expand, please? Absolutely. Biohacking is incredible. Um, biohacking is when we can use our ability to change our neurotransmitter levels and, and be able to um, optimize our body and mind's like well-being using techniques. So, for example, um, have you heard of sulfagio frequencies? I have, but share with our friends what that is. 
Yeah. So sulfagio frequencies is a wonderful way to biohack because, okay, I usually have like a, like a sheet where I, where I get to show all the brain waves. Okay. But I'm going to go through it quickly. Um, when we're asleep, we are hoping to be in a Delta uh, state of being, which is that's the, the brainwave that's activated when we are asleep and what we're in deep REM sleep delta right when we're waking up our eyes are opening and we're like ah we're getting out we're in theta okay as we are opening our eyes and we're like okay we are awake uh let's start getting on with our day we are then in alpha okay Mm -hmm. as we start making our coffee or tea in the morning or breakfast we will then be in beta Okay, we are alert, conscious, we're active, we're doing something. But the thing with beta is we that's where a lot of anxiety lives as well. So when when we're really stressed, when we're really anxious, beta will be activated. And so we go through these different brain waves throughout the day, these different states of being. So delta's down here, we go into theta, alpha, beta, you know, and then there's gamma, but not a lot of people reach gamma. It's a whole different story. But we'll usually stay in beta. And the, and what we want is we want to gradually go down back to delta by the end of the day. But because when we are in theta and alpha, that's when we are relaxed. We're in a deep state of, of uh, relaxed, con- like reduced consciousness. We're meditative. We're very creative. We're in a state of flow when we're in theta or alpha. Not a lot of people can access that. Not a lot of people know how to access that. So they'll go from Delta all the way up to Beta. And then at the end of the day, they'll just crash back down and hoping to go into Delta. But they'll like, they'll just crash. And so it's this constant, and this is what contributes to a lot of anxiety. So mm-hmm. one way that we can biohack to make sure that we are tapping into a Theta brainwave or an Alpha brainwave is to listen to solfeggio frequencies, which are musical tones, healing musical tones that will um, affect the mind and body in a way where it can heal and it can relax and it it can induce relaxed states of being. Now, if you are feeling sluggish and you're just like, oh, I need energy, then I would recommend to biohack with a high sulfagio frequency because then the higher the frequency the um more stimulating it's going to be because you are now tapping into a beta or gamma brainwave and if you want to be really focused really alert really stimulated those are the the frequencies to listen to high free high sulfagios to tap into a beta and gamma brainwave if you need to relax and you're really stimulated and high strong and you're like, I need to, whew, I need to take a breather, listen to a mid to low solfeggio frequency to stimulate the theta or alpha brainwave. And when you're wanting to go to bed and you can't, I would highly recommend listening to a very low solfeggio frequency to, so that you can tap into a delta brainwave as you're asleep, which is again the brainwave that is activated when we are in deep REM sleep. So wow. this is an example of biohacking. I love that. We're going to put that information in the show link as well. So is mm-hmm. if you're if you're listening to a high frequency, is that like having a cup of coffee? Yeah, yeah. It's it's stimulating. It gets you focused. And if you need to 
if you need to write an email, write a paper, write something, definitely listen to a beta or gamma frequency. Wow. That is amazing and great to know. And we can just, people can Google it. They don't even have to purchase anything. Yeah, right? they can Google on YouTube. YouTube has a few channels. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So you started talking about some of your clients, but do you have focus on any one type of client for your mindfulness coaching? Not necessarily. What I love so much about my clients, because not only do I bring my workshop to um, events and schools, but I do have my own private practice. And my clients range from 18 years old to 57. So it's it's so universal. It helps absolutely everyone. Um, a lot of my clients that do come to me do uh, have very high anxiety, mm-hmm. high anxiety. Um, they have, but my, my clients range, you know, a lot of them have ADHD, they have depression, they have self-esteem issues. They have, um, again, uh, anxiety, they have PTSD, they have, um, they're on their healing journey for Mm. many different reasons. Some of them want to learn more about mindfulness and meditation. Others, um, others are, are, you know, just wanting to discover more ways to add to their positivity toolbox, you know, more techniques. So it really, it ranges and it's for everyone. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So you said that you do some comedy. (laughs) I do comedy. Yes. I started at the world famous comedy store in in Hollywood um, back in 2018 and that's where I learned the art of podcasting. That's where some of comedy's biggest names have taken me under their wing and have shown me the ropes, um, you know, and, and it was it was absolutely magical. So I did stand up for, for a while and then I transitioned to musical comedy. So I taught myself piano, I sing, and then I started to perform on mental health. Like I wanted to raise awareness a lot on mental health. So I started to write songs like funny songs based on anxiety and depression and uh, suicide, you know, all these, all these topics that no one wants to talk about, but I started to get the conversation going. Um, And one of those people who have been my biggest supporter since day one is George Lopez. Wonderful man. Yeah. Incredible man. Uh, And he, he, I launched my podcast called Getting Mental with Brenda mm-hmm. Zuniga, and he found my podcast and he goes, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You are a Mexican comedian. You know, he's a Mexican comedian. And he's like, how can I support? Because this is what we need. You know, we need awareness on mental health. And so then his charity, um, uh, he has a charity called the George Lopez Foundation and they raise awareness on kidney disease. And so then his charity and I collaborated and because he raises awareness on physical health, I raise awareness on mental health. And so then um, we became acquainted and, and he became a huge supporter. And last time I saw him was at his um, his event this year, earlier this year. And the first thing he asked was, how's everything going? You're still doing the podcast? Okay, good. Where are you doing it? Uh, still going to schools? Okay, good. And I said, yeah, because George, no one's doing this. And he goes, no, you're the only one. You're the first one. He goes, and we need this. We need this so much. I'm like, yes, let's go. So love it. Yeah, because he knows, you know, it, you know, we're we're both Latinos and we they don't talk about this in 
Mexico in our culture they don't talk you know they rarely talk about it in American culture could you imagine in Mexican culture in minority yeah. cultures they don't talk about this you know and the well-being of children needs to be highlighted that's why I love elf so much extraordinary life foundation because my gosh I wish someone would have told my parents don't talk to her like that yeah you know I I have this um this memory of and I and I feel like every Latino kid can relate to this as well because this is this is something that I swear we all were raised by the same Latino mom I swear but um I was I was maybe about eight years old I stayed home from school one day and my mom comes home and the first thing she does is yell at me and she's like did you clean the place I'm like oh I just I'm watching Maury you know I was like I don't know I did a Jerry Springer's on I'm sorry I don't I don't know what to do I'm like eight years old and she's like did you take did you take the chicken out of the freezer I'm like I can't reach I can't reach I'm sorry I don't know she's like did you do your bed I'm like I sleep on the floor I don't know what you want me to do ladies stop yelling at me please and she's like I don't care do your bed so I grabbed a broom and I started sleeping a little pile and that was that was my bed I'm just kidding no I didn't try to sleep on the floor but kind of I had a mattress on the floor and I was like mom there's only so much I could do with a mattress on the floor mom there's only so I mean I tucked in the corners of of the freaking cover what else did you want me to do mom I'm eight years old relax lady relax oh my god so let me ask you a question so what so analyzing mom like why do you think she was like that is that just because she was raised like that or does she have anxiety that she like what is like why do you think she was like that and a lot are yeah I mean I studied psych in school as well I I've been studying psych for over 13 years um so after analyzing my mom and then talking to my grandmother about how my grandmother raised my mom I was like oh we're starting to get down to where it all started (laughs) oh dang grandma my grandma is like the sweetest like so giving woman but I was like "Uh uh-uh that's grandma that's a role she's playing Uh uh-uh I can only imagine how mom like how she as a mom was with my mom and I'm like oh my gosh this makes sense my grandma is very um she's very she needs everything clean and organized stat my grandma cannot stand any sort of like dirt or dust I mean everything needs to be so pristine and I can now see how my mom picked up on that and how my mom became very um what's the word I mean I don't want to diagnose my mom with OCD but very just very particular about things um but she became that way and I know that my grandma has a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and I just realized that this last trip with my grandma and I was like grandma let me teach you some breathing techniques because oh my gosh you have tremendous anxiety right now and she goes I've always been this way I've always felt this way and I don't know what it is and I'm like my poor grandma so I started doing breath work with her And then I realized, oh, my Lord, my mom is the same way. And so the way that the anxiety manifested for my mom was in rage. Because anxiety can manifest in many different ways, right? It can manifest. And that's that's one thing I want people to understand as well. Anxiety can take many different forms with people. And it's not always the, oh, my God, 
oh my God, like the hyperventilation, it's not always the worry. It's not always the, exce the excessive, like, what is it? What are they going to think about me? It's not always that. It can also manifest as rage and very short tempered and irritable. Yeah. Um, and that's how it manifested for my mom. So I have compassion for my mom because yeah, poor thing, she didn't know how to regulate. She didn't know yeah. any of that. And so she was just regulating the the what she the way she learned which is to yeah. scream and yell and throw things across the house um but you know this is why again I love elf so much because I have yet to come across a a foundation that focuses so much on the emotional wellness of a child with so many different modalities and I I want the people watching that listen just because your parents raised you a certain way okay doesn't mean that you can't think for your own and be like hey maybe maybe I shouldn't talk to my kid this way you know maybe maybe there's a different way to go about this because you hear so many parents go well that's how I was raised I was raised worse I was yeah. raised you should have seen it they, they used to hit me with all this other stuff I don't hit my kids no but you're yelling at them you're you're really you're getting them riled up, you're um, stimulating in a negative way, these poor little kids and their central nervous systems where they don't have the tools to regulate. And they're looking at you like you're their safety net, but you're yeah. providing a threat because you can't emotionally regulate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so, like breaking the general generational trauma. Yeah, right? absolutely. 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 And I, I don't know how, I don't know how, when I was a kid, I really don't, but I've always, I was born a, a highly sensitive, intuitive soul. Yes. And I knew at a very young age that this was not how things were supposed to be. I knew it. I, I was like, oh no, I ain't talking to people like that. I'm not acting like that. I'm doing things differently. Yeah. No, this is not how I'm supposed to be spoken to. I mean, I've, I always knew it. And yeah. that I feel helped me so much into breaking all the generational trauma yeah. um, that has been carried on, you know, in my lineage. But, you know, thank you for for having these conversations because this is needed. People need to know, hey, maybe I should I should think about how I'm approaching my kids and, and what I'm doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's that's that's strength. That's power. Yeah. When you go, hey. Let me see what I can do to help the emotional wellness of my child and not blame my actions on how I was raised or how my grandparents were or, or, or with what. No, just let's take accountability. Know that you're human. We're all flawed. No one's perfect. And all we can do is, is try and be better humans and try and do things better, you know, uh, for the world every day, just little by little, just improving proving ourselves amen i love it um it has been such a pleasure speaking with you what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to speak connect want to find out more about your mindfulness coaching oh thank you so much for having me i mean it this is amazing i love this and i love what you do um any way i can be of support or help in the future you let me know you know um and for anybody who would like to learn more about me and what I do and my coaching, 
my uh, workshops that I bring, my podcast, all of that. You can find more information on my website, brendasaraizuniga.com. Um, you can also go to sweetthoughtstravel.com. If that's easier for you, it'll redirect you to that same website. Um, you can also go on my Instagram. That's where I'm most active. My Instagram is official Brenda Z. Okay. okay. Official Brenda Z. And my podcast is called Getting Mental with Brenda Sarai Zuniga. And you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. So, yeah. Beautiful. And we'll put all those links in the um, show information. And Brenda and all of our friends watching and listening, I want to remind you that you are amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. Thank you so much, everyone. And Mara, I'm so grateful for you. Ditto. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.